You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. Good morning. Welcome. My name is Krista Rosenbaum. If we have not had a chance to meet, there's a lot of faces I don't know names to. Come and find me after the service because I'd love to meet you and get to know you a little bit. Um, Well, we are well into the month of February now, and so February is Black History Month. And so I thought it would be exciting to tell you hopefully something you don't know so you learn something today. How about that? Great. All right. So this picture coming up is Madame C.J. Walker. She was born in 1867. She was born to um, new freely uh, released from slavery parents. She was orphaned at the age of seven, married at 14, widowed at 20, and in her 30s, she began to lose her hair. And because of that, she invented um, a conditioning treatment and hair growth treatment. And she started to bring other women entrepreneurs along with her that had um, come up with different concoctions for your hair. And she began to sell these uh, door-to-door in the South. Um, And then soon after that, she opened up a manufacturing company for hair products, then opened up a hair school and several salons around the South, making her the first African-American woman millionaire. Um, Pretty cool stuff to know um, about history. I encourage you... um, Uh, Kevin Hart has a brand new movie out on Netflix about um, Black History Month that's uh, for kids, and it is a great watch if you get a chance. We have a lot of strong women in history that are not always apparent in the history books and show up. Um, And so Bob, the other day at a staff meeting, talked about seeing a bumper sticker on a lady's car that said, well-behaved women seldom make history. And um, I was like, yes, I love that quote. As a strong woman, I was like, I have always liked that. I have a shirt for it. In fact, a few women on staff have these shirts. Um, But he proceeded to say how this was not very flattering, right? And how um, he thought it was promoting women behaving badly to make history. And so um, after meeting with several women on staff afterwards, we kindly pointed out to him that that's not what the quote means. And um, so he did some history, um, researched it himself. And actually, it's not a very old quote, probably about 10 years or so. Um, And the quote really is meant to say, women do not show up in our history books like they should. And a lot of women that do show up in our history books have had to step out of society's norms in order to make history. They kind of have to press up against what society says is okay and be misbehaved to make history books, right? Um, Like Rosa Parks, who has a great quote. She says, "Um, you must never be fearful of what you are doing when what you are doing is right. So she stepped out of what society's norms said was right and made history books. Um, We're going to talk about a woman this morning that did that same thing. We actually don't even know her name, 
Um, but she made one of the best, not one of, the best history books of all time, our Bible. And um, so we're going to take a look at her, and I want to kind of set the scene a little bit. So this story comes from um, Simon the Pharisee's house. So if you picture it, if you're walking down a dusty dirt road, um, and all of a sudden it opens up into this big square opening um, of a lush garden. His house would have been somewhere out in the middle. He was a wealthy man and probably a grand fountain there in his yard and beautiful flowers and trees. And so that's where our story kind of takes place. And it was customary when a rabbi would come to these dinners for people of the community to kind of come, kind of come and linger, which would be very awkward nowadays. Can you imagine if you're eating a dinner and you just have all these lingering people all around you? But that was customary. They would come and they would linger around just kind of hoping to catch a nugget of good information that this rabbi would have been saying, or in this case, that Jesus would have been telling the people. So we're going to start off um, Luke seven thirty six. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from the city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She is a sinner. So we have three characters in this story so far. We have Jesus, we have the woman who's unnamed, and then we have Simon the Pharisee. So let's talk about the woman a second. Right when I started reading this, I thought, There's been a time in my life where I have been so overcome with guilt for something that I have done. And you can step into her shoes for a second and think about, there are times that I know that I just have to get on my knees in front of Jesus. Because the weight of whatever I have done and the guilt that I am carrying is so heavy that the only way to get rid of it is just to sit there and ask for forgiveness. And I tell you, there's times in my life where almost being on my knees is is not far enough down that I just get face down because the weight is heavy to carry. And I think in this moment, that's where she's at. She is just heavy with this guilt and burden of her sin that she's carrying. And she's weeping and crying at the feet of Jesus. I don't think that those tears are tears of uh, sadness. I almost think that those tears are tears of, and I've been looking for words to really tell what I'm feeling there. I think they're tears of love and thankfulness, and gratitude, that even her, with this burden that she's carrying, is offered forgiveness freely. That she's so thankful 
that she's crying on his feet and wiping his feet with her hair. And then you have Simon in the story. Simon can't even see his own sin, right? Because Simon never sinned in his life, just like all of us. So he's not looking at himself at all. He's saying, can you believe this guy who calls himself a prophet? Doesn't he know who's touching him? She's a sinner. Much easier to point out her sin than my own. And then this woman is there at his feet, overcome by the weight of her sin. The other day, a a gentleman um, came into my office. He had asked to set up an appointment with me, and he attends uh, church here regularly. And right as he came around the corner to my office, I could tell by the look on his face, he was carrying a heavy load of shame and of guilt. And he sat down and he began to tell me what was going on. Before the words ever started came in tears, just crocodile tears welling up in his eyes. And he began to cry and share what was going on. And many of you know that I work with the recovery community a lot. And so he began to tell me that he had, he had lapsed and he had went out and, and used drugs. And the shame and the guilt that he was feeling was just overwhelming in that moment. Overwhelming. And after he told me what had happened, I looked at him and I said, you know, from the moment you walked in this door, you were forgiven. When you seek out Jesus Christ for forgiveness, it is freely given. And that's where the tears are coming up in this woman Let's continue reading on um, Luke 7:40. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee. I love that. It says, Jesus answered his thoughts. You think that he would have thought that Jesus was something special if he can read his mind, but that he didn't even think that. He says, Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him a story. A man loaned money to two people, 50 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one whom he canceled a larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman this woman kneeling here, when I entered your home, you didn't even offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them away with her hair. You didn't even greet me with a kiss, but from the moment, from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with a rare perfume. I tell, you, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. 
Jesus says to Simon, you didn't even offer me the common courtesy when I came in here. And Jesus kind of tells you what the common courtesy would have been. It would have been uh, when a guest first arrives, you would have offered them the kiss of peace, which we kind of talked about a little bit last Sunday. And then they would have traveled a long distance, so the dust would have been kicked up all upon their feet. And so you would have washed the guest's feet, cleaning them and making them comfortable in your home. And then um, anointing their head with olive oil or perfume, rose water. But Simon didn't even offer him this common courtesy of doing these things, but the woman did. And then Jesus goes on to tell this parable of 50 silver pieces and 500. What he's really telling Simon is, this woman whose sins are great, she may have done a great deal of sinning. But her love for people is way greater than your love is because she has been forgiven and she forgives freely. You have forgiven little, so you have little love for people. In Luke 5, uh, 31 and 32, Jesus says, Healthy people do not need a doctor. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's not right. Healthy people do not need a doctor. Sick people do. And I have come to call not those who think that they are righteous, but those who know that they are sin sinners and need to repent. The woman knew she was a sinner. That's why she's there at the feet of Jesus. But Simon thinks he's righteous. And then Luke 48 says, Then Jesus said to the woman, Your sins are forgiven. And the man at the table said amongst themselves, Who is this man that he goes around forgiving sin? And Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Here we bring in the other men sitting amongst the table. They say, Who is this man that goes around forgiving people's sin? Ooh, not only have they judged Jesus, and they're judging the woman, judging everyone around them. Matthew 7 says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as if you as as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Makes me think we got a lot of work to do. So some of you might be the Simon in the story. You have a hard time recognizing the sin that you do daily, but it is very easy to point out sin in others to judge others, walking through Walmart, talking about people, judging them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have a hard time looking at yourself. The good news is, is when you come to Jesus and ask for forgiveness, it is given freely to all the Simons in the room. You may be thinking, I'm a lot like the woman in the story. Done a lot of bad things. Have a lot of guilt and heaviness on me. 
Sometimes you even struggle to recognize how God can forgive you. Have a hard time forgiving yourself. Know that when you come to Jesus and ask for forgiveness, it is given freely. And some of you may be the Jesus in the story. You might be able to relate to him. Maybe at one time you were the Simon or one time you were the woman, but you've come far enough along in your faith now to know that we all fall short of the glory of God. And maybe you forgive often and you love all people you come into contact with. That's the goal is we're becoming the Jesus in the story. And the good news of the gospel is that the Simons in the room and the women in the room can all become the Jesus in the story. So this morning, Jake said that he would lead communion for me. I want you to just press in deeper and really seek out to become Jesus in the story. You are capable of forgiving often and loving all. Whether you're the Simon or the woman right now, we can all become Jesus in the story.